It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, George? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day guys, Alex here and welcome to episode 173 of the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast. For today, we are doing a betting preview of season 2023 of the NRL and joining me to do so is Pro Sports Better and Draft Stars Live Final Champion of 2022, Chris Ryan. How are you, mate? Jeez, thanks, Alex. Uh, yeah, I'm very good. Looking forward to the, uh, the season, only a few weeks away now. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, mate, very keen. Um, just so people know, you are a pro sports better and uh, you do specialise in betting the NRL. We do have an episode of you, mate. I probably should have written down exactly what episode it was. It was probably about 100 episodes ago. It was quite a, yeah, quite a while ago. Um, I think it was two years ago. Yeah, about two years ago. Sounds about right. So, uh, yeah, for those who are interested in hearing more about Chris's background and how maybe more so like the ins and outs of how he approaches his uh, NRL betting or rugby league betting, uh, jump on and check that out. It's definitely worth a listen, mate. But we are going to go through the each team as quickly as possible. Otherwise, we'll be here all day talking about the 17 teams now that we have. Uh, we'll go from worst to best uh, based on the market here. I might have a few teams out of order just slightly, but... Uh, you guys will get the general gist of it. So we'll go through each team uh, and share our thoughts on each of the teams. Um, maybe uh, Chris will give a few insights into the fantasy uh, kind of markets, DFS kind of stuff uh, for anyone interested in that. And then at the end, we'll um, we'll get into some bets that we like in the outright market, mate. Let's kick things off. The, uh, the worst rated team in the market, the Mighty Dolphins. <laughs> Welcome to the NRL. Yeah, welcome to the NRL. I think this, uh, this might set back uh, expansion of the NRL uh, a few years, considering how bad the recruitment has gone uh, in, their, in their first year. I think they're about 150s in the market. I, uh, I quite legitimately have them rated 1,000 to 1. Um, I think if you're, uh, if, you, if you're looking to back the Dolphins at a 150 to 1, you're throwing your money away. I'd rather just give you my PayPal account and send it that way instead. You are, you won't be getting any returns on the on the Dolphins to win the comp. Um, well, well known that uh, recruitment has has been a disaster. They've got no big names. Um, they've got a lot of problems. They've got no try scorers. They had their forward pack. I'm I'm not sure that any forward in the team has ever had a, a ten try season. I'm not sure any back in their team has had a fifteen try season. Uh, so I really think they're going to struggle to score points. Um, they've got a halves of Anthony Milford, who's kind of on his way out of the NRL. Uh, Isaiah Katoa, who's only just coming into the NRL, yet, yet to play an NRL game. Um, and Sean O'Sullivan, who was probably the most, in, in my opinion, the most improved player in the comp last year at Penrith, um, coming off a low base before that. But he was playing halfback <laughs> with, with the best team in the comp, with the greatest players around him. Now he's going to have to shoulder the load um, with a lot of veterans. Um, you know, he, he could revert back to his previous form. I think they're really going to struggle to score points this year, the Dolphins. They've got the Wayne Bennett factor, but uh, that's not going to be enough. Uh, a bottom three team for sure. Um, you know, if you're looking from a, a fantasy standpoint, if you're looking to play uh, NRL fantasy, super coach, season-long fantasy, if you're into daily fantasy on draft stars, there's opportunities here. Um, 
because we've got so many uh, veterans or no-names, there is some players who do have to step up and will play bigger roles than they would at other clubs. So I, I liked uh, Tom Gilbert. He came across from the Cowboys um, and potentially Ray Stone came from Parramatta. Neither of them big-name players, but um, could have big work rates, could be 80-minute players. Uh, they could get a lot out of them. They could be they could be players who score more fantasy points than anybody really realises. And I'd probably be avoiding uh, a lot of the old forwards in there. They've got a bunch of the ones from the Storm, Bromwich, Bromwich, uh, Felice Cafusi, Jared Wallace, Mark Nichols. They're all guys, tail end of their careers, not much improvement in them. So I, I'd be steering clear of them. Yeah, yeah, well said, mate. I think if Wayne Bennett wasn't the coach, maybe you'd yeah you'd be like almost locking them in for the wooden spoon. But like sure. he's he is able to galvanise a side, and you get I get the feeling that you know you put Wayne Bennett and mix him in with some experienced heads. You know I feel like they could grind out some real ugly gritty wins. You know maybe only score like 15, 20 points, that kind of margin, and just beat some some poor sides at home, that kind of stuff, and and potentially overcome some of the worst sides that we're about to mention. But, yeah, it, luckily, I think just having Wayne there, I know he's not the most amazing coach, but I think having, you know, at least he'll be able to motivate them and get them to perform at their best a decent amount of the time, <laughs> which uh, which you know, yeah, mate, watching them go around the other day was was pretty grim. Um, yeah, Mil- because, like, because watching they're... Milford was just like you, like he just looks he looks bigger than ever. Like I'm just like, <laughs> mate, at least come in like some decent shape, ready to rumble. But it looks like he's still on holiday, basically it's been in a good paddock. Yeah, because because it's such because it's been so well known how bad the recruitment has been. The price. For the spoon at two sixty, it's really screwed down. So there's no value in it. Mm. Everybody knows that there's no value in, in back necessarily backing them for the spoon. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, mate. We'll move on to the New Zealand Warriors. Um, yeah, I would say, in my opinion, I think they it's between them and the Dolphins for the worst squad. It, just on paper, they look they look pretty grim, and and the new coach they've got there, not really too much known about him. So what are you what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm in a similar boat. Not much I like about this team at all. They've got a whole lot of interchangeable no-name backs. Um, Their recruitment was predominantly a bunch of uh, bench players and fringe first graders from other teams. So they've got about five or six new players, but uh, not one of them is a star. And most of them were really coming off the bench at other teams. So uh, how much can that really improve them? Um, Sean Johnson, I hate to say this because he's honestly one of my favourite players ever to watch Sean Johnson, brilliant footballer, but he's coming to the end of his career. He, you know, he doesn't have the pace and perhaps even the desire to burn players uh, like he once could and just light it up and win a game off his own bat. Uh, they'll get a little bit of a kick out of being back at New Zealand full-time. They should, they should start off yeah. with some pretty big crowds, I imagine, uh, and they'll eke out some wins at home. I'd probably be surprised if they won any more than one or two games in Australia, um, I had the rated sevens for the uh, sevens for the spoon, and they're eight, so sm- smidge of value. Yeah, no, that sounds. I, I, the only thing that I had them, yeah, slightly 
back like just a little bit better than the Dolphins was the fact they're back at home and surely that's gonna you know <laughs> rejuvenate them and get them some wins but it's a it's a pretty ugly looking score just do you want to have a quick note uh, note on the coach mate is are you like are you high on him at all or are you yeah. just yeah what do you what do you it's it's one probably of the weirdest appointments of all time I feel like <laughs> yeah probably one of the least fanfare for for, for an incoming yeah. coach isn't there Webster uh I mean, a coach often from a from someone sitting at home watching the, the TV can be hard to rate them, and particularly a, a new coach. Like, you know, how do I really factor that in uh, to my ratings when very little is known about him? So uh, I probably don't really pay too much attention. I'll just leave it as a neutral rating until I've, until any uh, any more information comes from watching the games to change that. Okay, mate, good stuff. Uh, we'll move on to the Dragons who... I mean, on paper, they're not as bad as, as you know, what their price says, but it just feels like they just feel like an absolute basket case. At the moment. It almost seems like they want Griffin to go ASAP <laughs> and they're not going to play for it. I mean, the only thing I didn't – reason why I didn't back them for the spoon was I thought potentially Griffin could get sacked very early and that could rejuvenate the squad. You know, they could that could really lift the morale. I have no idea. What do you reckon? Yeah, Griffin's got to be the favourite to be the first coach sacked. Because Bennett, you're not about to be sacked first year. Webster, first year, he's not about to get sacked. You know, Griffin's been close to being sacked before at the Dragons, been sacked at other clubs. To me, this team is absolute hot garbage. Uh, <laughs> I haven't rated as short as 475 for the spoon. So this is my bet for the spoon. The Dragons, around about 750, they're available uh, at a couple of places. Uh, they've lost uh, already Teletown and Moan, the no fault stand in, I think. Uh, they've lost uh, Cody Ramsey. So that they're. Starting one and six are both gone. Uh, Tyrell Sloan is going to be the fullback who Anthony Griffin doesn't like. You know, he dropped in quite early in the year last year and then uh, barely played him after that. Beyond Ben Hunt, I, I, I can't see a decent player in this team. Ben Hunt was fantastic last year. He just dragged him. He was yeah. the only reason they won any games. He's, I, I've always been a big fan of a, a Ben Hunt, a bit of a, I think, unfairly maligned player. But he's, he's top shelf quality. The gap between, from Ben Hunt to their next best player in the squad is enormous. I don't even know who the next best player is. No. I, I hear St. lots George, of people St. talking George up bottom their, three. Yeah, I hear lots of people talking up their centres, but it's like Lomax has never really put many games together of you know absolute brilliance and Sully's hit and miss too. I mean, I, I'm trying to remember exactly who's in their forward pack, but I feel like their forward pack's not horrendous, but... Like yeah, yeah they've got a bunch uh, of uh, the, the guys who've been around a while. Blake Laurie, potentially yeah. Aaron Woods, maybe even starting. Fumiano, Jaden Sewell, yeah. Jack DeBellin's still decent. Still struggle at hooker with maybe Jacob Liddell or Moses Embai. No, I think I don't think I don't find a lot of fire and brimstone players. Not not a lot of high energy players in this Dragons team. And I think I think this team will cop some forty and fifty point hidings. It's, they're a team who will give up the ghost once they start falling behind. I don't see the, the fight in a lot of their players. Zach Lomax really talented. Probably not a lot of fight, not a lot of consistency to his game, but he has a lot of talent. Uh, I could see them getting getting pumped multiple times this year. Yeah, all right. Sorry, Dragons fans. Uh, the Knights, <laughs> the Newcastle Knights. Um, yeah, it, I think another team potentially is sacking early in the season here. It's probably between, um, uh, yeah, Griffin and um, Adam Elliott and also um, and uh, what do you call 
bloody I should know Holbrook probably probably up there too yeah. for early sackings if they uh, yeah. if they get off to a slow start. But uh, yeah, Knights Ponga. What do you think Ponga takes some time to adapt potentially? Like it's fine on paper, doesn't look too bad now. Like it looks level above the other three we've mentioned, but um, yeah. potentially going to take some time to adapt here. You think? Uh, yeah, could do. I, I tend to think like star players can be star players, whatever. And Caelan Pong is a genuine star player. He's, he's had concussion issues, which could be an issue playing more in the front mm-hmm. line, playing at six rather than fullback. And you know how many games you're going to get out of Caelan Ponga for the year is a big question mark. Uh, I'm probably a little bit higher on the Knights um, than the rest of the market. Um, they did add um, some decent players. None of them are stars, but they're, they're upgrades on what they had. Uh, Lachlan Miller. Uh, could go decent. He's got some pace at fullback. Greg Marzu, uh, media reading, uh, winger. Uh, even Tyson Gamble as a backup. Probably not even starting the season, but once Caleb Ponga cops a concussion, he'll probably come in. And he's a decent player. Um, hopefully a full year out of Jaden Braley at nine and some injury issues have been a problem for him over the last few years. Uh, $6 for the top eight. I think that's worth a bet. I have him at 480 Like I don't love the team. But uh, just a small upgrades, in- incremental upgrades uh, across the squad, I think gives them a chance. And Newcastle's a team that if, it's a big if, if they get on a run, they'll have 30,000 at their home games every week. The, the town is rabid for the Knights. They could become very hard to beat at Newcastle if they got on a little bit of a run because they'd, have, they'd, they'd, they'd pack the place out every single week. Uh, I think there's some upside in Newcastle. There's a... A couple of players I mentioned, I think Greg Marzu and Lachlan Miller are, are fantasy-relevant players early in the year, DFS uh, sort of players. Marzu racks up a lot of metres, um, could be scoring some tries. Lachlan Miller could be one of those sort of fullbacks who breaks out and makes a lot of tackle breaks um, with his speed. And if you can if you can follow um, Caelan Pong around the park, uh, there's opportunities for him. Uh, I, I think uh, Jackson Hastings next to Ponga at six, at seven, um, makes sense. Yeah. Don't like him at all for fantasy. He's not really a fantasy player because he's a bit more of a game manager. Um, but he's a guy who's got some heart who can lead them around uh, and he doesn't give up like you know some other ones can. So I think there's some upside in Newcastle. Don't get too excited, but some upside. Yeah. I, I don't have them anywhere near those bottom three teams like perhaps the market does. Yeah, I do understand what you mean. Like If they're spying hits their straps, like they are a decent chance at making the eight. It's just, yeah, how long does... Ponga take to be a star at six because I would assume eventually he will be as if he sticks it out. Um, That's right. And Hastings is solid. Braley's brilliant. Like if he stays fit, and and Lockie Miller's sorry, not um that that's that's his first Lockie Miller. Am I going to be yeah yeah Lockie Miller yeah, yeah Lockie Miller he's uh you know he's a he's someone that could could hit his straps too and be very good. So yeah no that's fair enough mate. Uh, let's move on to the to the West Tigers, mate. Uh, lots of changes this year. You've got uh, Sheens coming in as coach. Uh, some big signings too. Api Korosau, Bateman, uh, P- uh, Papali'i also. So um, it looks like, you know, they got the spoon last year. You'd be su- very surprised if they got the spoon this year. Um, but do you think it's kind of a- enough for them to be sniffing at the eight this year? The Tigers are probably the, the team that I'd be highest on. Uh, they, I think they can jump as far, go from 16th all the way up to edge of the eight, somewhere 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, that sort of region. They, they picked up such high-quality players. Um, yeah. Api Corusau, 
you know, he took over from Damian Cook as the New South Wales number nine last year. Two premierships at the Penrith, at the Panthers. Um, he's such a high-end player. Isaiah Papali, you know, he came from nowhere at New Zealand to the Parramatta the last two years. Absolute star. Uh, upgraded with Clemmer at prop. Uh, Charlie Staines on a wing. Uh, John Bateman coming coming across back from England. Um, some of the reports were he hasn't played as well in England, but he was, you know, he was fantastic at Canberra uh, the year prior. I find it hard to believe that a team who gets that much quality, particularly in the forward pack, um, that they can't make a substantial jump. Uh, I actually got them rated as short as 310 to make the eight. Not not really interested in to go all the way to, to winning the premiership, but uh, I think they can uh, nip at the heels and, and potentially make the eight. They shouldn't, they shouldn't run last like last year. Unsure what to make about Tim Sheens. Uh, yeah, you know, that was going to be my big question. Iconic coach, I think he won four premierships, um, but the last of those was 18 years ago. And um, in that, in the interim since that, he's actually done a lot of losing. Yeah, um, you know, the, he's got the the, the Benji Marshall, uh, uh, Robbie Farah, assistant coaches. You know, the the Hallow trio from 2005 premiership. Yeah, how much that really makes a difference, unsure. But the quality that they got, they should improve a lot. I'm a big fan of Adam Dewey at the six. Uh, early in his career, they, they brought him across and he to play a bit of fullback. He's not a fullback. He's got a huge boot on him, put up some spiral bombs. Um, I think they pulled the wrong rein in, in getting rid of Hastings and keeping Brooks uh, at seven. That might have been a money issue. Um, yeah, they can, they, they can improve a lot. They've got huge depth in their outside backs. Uh, you know, from a fantasy point of view, I wouldn't take any of them because they're all interchangeable. And none of them is likely to stick. We've got Staines, Kapoa, Stafford Toa, Nofaluma, Naden, Mamolo, Tommy Talao. There's like, they got like seven or eight guys who are going to play wing and center. So don't touch any of them because they'll probably get dropped and interchanged throughout the year. Um, but I do like Dewey, Dewey as a guy who could really, you know, take that next step uh, and accrue a lot of points this year. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I like what you said about Sheens because I think people will see Tim Sheens as coach and be like, all right. They're one hundred percent got a got a better coach than last year and Michael Maguire, but it's like he's. Uh, I was looking at his record, what he achieved over in the UK, and it was pretty poor. He's basically done nothing since uh, two thousand and five. So um, you get a little bit. I don't know. I mean, obviously, the, the drop off in terms of age of coaches to you know versus players is a lot less, but yep. but still, like you know, you have to adapt with the times, and and, and potentially Sheens could be a bit behind the eight ball. It'll be. Uh, you never know. Benji might have quite a big influence too. We don't know anything about Benji as a coach, so um, yeah, it'll be it'll be a watch, watch and learn. But yeah, definitely some some great signers this year. I will say Bateman though. I'm pretty sure Bateman's not even in the country yet, so I don't even know if he'll yeah, start. Yeah, really he, hasn't, he hasn't played the trials yet, but I thought he was getting here soon. Yeah, I, th- I think, I think, she, I think getting... Sheen said said he was going to get here soon. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure he's training the house team back home, but yeah, it's only something <laughs> to look out. <laughs> um, mate, the mighty Titans. Uh, my biggest <laughs> question here as a, as a Titans diehard is uh, they can score points. Everyone knows that. And I think with some of the inclusions this uh, this season, they potentially can score even more points. It's just the defence and uh, it looks... It, it was just diabolical last year. I'm not sure if it was the worst or the second worst, but they have made some improvements there. Brett White coming in as the defensive coach who was at uh, Canberra, but I'm not, you know, not going to sit here and say that that's going to solve everything. Um, 
yeah, do you have any thoughts on the Titans, mate? Uh, I haven't been a huge fan of, of Holbrook. I think he's coming into his fourth year at the Titans and they've been a, yeah, a, a bottom defensive team, one of the bottom defensive teams each of those years, um, the bottom eight and the bottom four defensively. So they, they have had a, a fairly slow-moving defensive line. Um, they've struggled to defend shifts uh, and that hasn't changed with the, with the coach. Um, yeah. So that is, that, that, that's a big concern. They have a little bit of a roster overhaul. I like Sam Verrills at nine. Um, he's fast. He can provide some pace out of there, and, and nine was an issue for them last year. They had Aaron Clark there, who's was no good as a distributor, but he did uh, turn out like he might be a decent uh, a lock. He could be a player you could you could target in um, in, in fantasy if he's, if he can start there because um, he will go hard. Yeah, uh, Kieran four and it's at six. I don't really like it for the Titans. Yeah, he's a good player, Kieran Foran. I think he would have been a better player moving at this stage of his career to a team who was maybe on the precipice of, of, of contending and, and to push them that little bit further. The Titans are just hoping to be respectable. Um, yeah. You know, Kieran Foran's older. I just don't think he's going to take – he's not going to get a quantum leap out of a team, which, you know, the Titans need. He's just going to have like that, an incremental increase. I'm not a huge fan of that. The Titans are going into the season with Sexton and Boyd locked in a – a battle for the seven seems like uh, Tanner Boyd's going to be the starting seven, but yeah. I think that's a red flag for your team when you're not 100% convinced on your halfback to start the year. You know, most teams know who their starting halfback is years in advance. You know, that's the that's the player you're locking up. Um, so I would suggest we're going to see some chopping and changing. Boyd will be there sometimes. I'll lose a few games. Toby Sexton will come in, and you'll lose a lot of continuity uh, in your main in your main playmaker. Which I don't like. It. I, I don't like that at all. Um, they lost Marzu, who you know, uh, uh, Holbrook didn't seem to like him because he went in and out of the team. But you know, yeah. he could score a try. He had a bit of upside that that, that other players uh, on the team don't didn't have. Uh, they got shot from uh, the Bulldogs. I don't mind as a centre prospect. I was surprised the the dogs let him go. Um, one of the one of my big problem stands is that I really quite like Jaden Campbell. I think he's got real real breakout potential. And Holbrook, to me, has pulled the wrong rein and said he's you know, playing off the bench. It makes no sense to me. I think I think he, I don't know how that's I think he has work. the potential to be your best player. Uh, you know, he looked that good in in, in some limited stints last year. Uh, I know it's you know, it's a bit of a tough decision. We got Brimson there; he's been captain, uh, and he's also better better suited to fullback than he is to six. But I would one hundred percent be playing Jaden Campbell. Um, you know, if you're playing season long fantasy, I'd I'd be picking up Jaden Campbell. You know, six rounds in when, when Holbrook realises he's done the wrong thing. Nobody has Jaden Campbell in their team and all of a sudden he becomes a starting fullback. So wait a little yeah. bit. Wait a little bit uh, and you can get him. Uh, and I, was, I think Sam Barrels and Aaron Clark had some upside to have some breakout seasons. Yeah, I just don't know how Campbell off the bench is going to work because where do you play him? Do you take Brimson off, Brimson off and, and play him at one? I saw him come on at centre a few times in the in the trial, which is super weird. You can't really Not play him on the wing him. either. You can't really play him in the middle because he's so small. Like, he could just potentially get run over. So, like, I don't really understand how you play him as a 14 unless – you know, you're really chasing a game and need points and you're just throwing on all the attackers. I just don't know how it's going to work. Um, but, yeah, they do They do seem pretty uh, – Boyd's kind of been – I thought that Foran would come in and play, just be the stick on seven, but it seems like they want either – he wants either Boyd or uh, 
Sexton to play that role, which means that you kind of have to play four and at six. And, yeah, I, I mean, Brimson's quality. So I just don't see how, like, unless like he's, Brimson's not going to get dropped, I couldn't see from fullback. Like, at the moment, I think Brimson's a better player at fullback than, than Campbell. So, yeah, it's it, it's tough to see. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's one of those weird things where you've got, like, two of your best players who play the same position. Like, it's kind That's of right. unfortunate. Yeah, that is unfortunate because they, they lack quality in a lot of other positions. Yeah. They've got a couple of good, but they've got a couple of good fullbacks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, overall, though, I will say Boyd has looked like he's looked improved, I think, from what I've seen before in the trials. So hopefully for myself that continues to uh, continues to go along. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a worry. Um, Considering Boyd's not really had a you know a great NRL career so far, but hopefully he can yep. he can kick on. And I like what you said about Verrills and Clark. I think they could be you know very good players on their day. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens with the Titans. Uh, the Canterbury Bulldogs, mate, uh, another team. Lots of changes once again. Most importantly, the coach. Uh, everyone seems to be drooling over Cameron Seraldo, mate, but he's essentially, you know, I like some of these other coaches, rookie coaches, like your Fitzgibbons last year. Um, probably people were saying similar things about like Adam O'Brien. I feel like it can really go one of two ways. Uh, do you have any op- opinions on Cameron Seraldo? Because if he's not as good as everyone says he is, then we could be looking at dogs getting reasonably close to the spoon. I'm not saying they are going to get the spoon, but they could be a lot worse than people project them to be. Yeah. Again, with Sorrella, same as Webster, I would just rate him as a neutral because, as you said, when Adam O'Brien came into the comp, well, he's the next big thing. You know, he's Trent Robinson's assistant coach. You know, we talk about each of these assistant coaches. They come from the Melbourne system or the Roosters or now Penrith. Uh, well, they're the next big thing, but, you know, being a really good assistant doesn't necessarily carry over to being a, a really good head coach, particularly when you you tend to be starting from a, a lower end team. You're not starting with you're not starting as a, a Penrith or Roosters coach. You're starting from one of the lower teams. So no idea how good or bad a Cameron Sherrill will be. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah. Yeah. But overall thoughts, man. I mean, Reid Marnie's come in, kick out. Um, you know, overall, you would say their squads improved. Uh, de- definitely, definitely improved. Yeah, they, they, they're sort of almost going on a you know two three year timeline of improvement because they brought in a bunch of players uh, last year. You know, Addo Carr, Burton. This year we get uh, Kickow um, and Red Marnie, and next year Stephen Crichton uh, is coming. So they're going to incrementally get better. I think they've probably got a wide range of outcomes. The Dogs. They, they've, it doesn't surprise me if they finish bottom four, even despite those improvements. But I, I, mean, I love watching Billy Kickow play. You know, he's great on both sides of the ball. Probably doesn't get the uh, the raps as he should as a defender. You know he really gets up and, and hits blokes. His line speed's great. You know he'll hurt a player. <laughs> they'll, they'll be down for a set. You know trying to recover from from hit, kick uh, kick out hitting him in the ribs. Um, so much improved. Red Marnie's a high quality player. Um, they have got Matt Burton. They got Addo Carr. So there's some points in them. Um, definitely that they can they can make the eight. But I don't have them any there for around even money or something to make the eight. I don't have yeah. anything like that. So I'd, I'd much rather be back in them to miss the eight because they do have holes in the side. You know, we've got yeah. Cole Flanagan at, at, at seven and I, I think there's fair agreement that, that he's not going to be the answer. They've got a couple of rookies uh, in the outside backs. Uh, their back rowers uh, are, are pretty thin. Um, so that's why I, you know, I can't really be rating them as a top eight team just yet. 
but they do have upside. They, they could be the team that you get wrong and could all of a sudden be top four because the other players are making such an impact and Cameron Serralo gets them to defend. They could be a team who, who does make it, uh, a big jump. Um, fantasy point of view, Canterbury's going to go left all year. We've got Burton on the left, kick our left, Addo Carr left. They'll be, I think they'll be like a left-hand side of the team like Southside. We know Alex Johnson yeah. scores a million tries down the left because Cody Walker just feeds him all game. I think Canterbury's got that. Pick, pick, pick Canterbury players on the left and ignore their right-hand side because they ain't going that way. Yeah, well said. I mean, I, I'm not sure who's going to play left centre for them, but I would assume, would it like an Alan Motti or um, I'm trying to think of Burns? Yeah, yeah like so that rookie, Alan Motti, uh, Burns, Kiraz. That'll be a cheap price, you would think. Someone, someone whoever's playing left centre. They'll be cheap, but they won't be. They won't be seeing much ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I mean, whoever's going to be on the left side. Oh, sorry, on the left side. Yeah, they'll, they'll get they'll get cut out though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they'll be they'll be playing decoy, so kick out or Addo Clark can score. Yeah. No. Well said, mate. But much yeah, like, much like South Sydney. Yeah, the South Sydney go left all game. The left centre doesn't score much. You know, it's Cody Walker or, or uh, Alex Johnson who was scoring the tries or the trail. The, the centre's playing decoy. Yeah, no, well said, mate. Um, but yeah, I agree. That could be a side probably maybe a little bit similar to the Sharks of last year. Maybe not the same could kind be. of upside. But like if Seraldo's a complete whiz, then, you know, then they could go very well. Uh, another team with a with a new coach, mate, Manly Seagulls. Sorry, I'm just trying to find their uh, their odds here. There we go. Um, oh, my first question is <laughs> very simple: Is Seabold good? Because he's been terrible at one club, and you know, one season at the Rabbits where he was he was very good. I think he got them third or something like that, um, maybe to a prelim final from memory. So, um, yep. is Seabold good? <laughs> no idea. Yeah, at, at South, at South, he was almost the architect of them starting to go left all the time with with Walker and uh, Alex Johnson. Looks great. It was terrible at the Broncos, but the year that he was at the Broncos, they had a lot of suspensions and injuries, so uh, yeah, he could be better. He could be better than than what that says. I'm not a really a big fan of though. This is his third club, hasn't won anything. I'm not really a big fan of of recycled coaches who, who didn't win. Um, so I'll probably have him a bit a bit worse than the average Seabolt. Okay. And uh yeah, Schuster coming into six. Any any opinions on that? I assume, you know, that could be the swing in terms of whether they make the eight or not, and also the big one, Tommy Turbo, if he can stay fit or not. Yeah, Schuster's got a lot of talent. He's probably one of those players who just always looks like he's got a, a lot of talent and never like fully uh reaches that level. You know, he'll have good games here and there, but won't have the consistency. Because you know he'll, he'll he will throw some speculator passes which look great when they hit and then when they don't it's like come on mate that's not the right play. Yeah. Um, but he'll 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 certainly have some good games there. They're 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 a team manly who's stacked with their best players. You know Cherry Evans, Jaboyevich, Jaboyevich, and then a, a real big fall off. So they've got super elite players there, and you know the whole season almost relies on Tom Jaboyevich's hamstrings. Um, so they're a team uh, with a big range of outcomes because if Trebojevic stays fit the whole year, they have top four upside because he's that good. And Cherry Evans, you know, he's that good at helping everybody else and he he's always healthy. But if Tom Trebojevic gets injured in the first round or early on, does a hamstring, they could be down there with New Zealand and the Dragons and, uh, and the Dolphins because the rest of the team is not really that good. 
a whole bunch of interchangeable props. Sifley, Aloe, Kepi, uh, a few other ones that have all been there for a while. None of them play much more than 45 minutes a game. None of them are big impact players. Um, yeah, struggling a little bit through the back row. Not much uh, Not much on the bench. Tautai Kula, the, the centre, they big raps on him last year. They're talking him up as, you know, one of the fastest players in the whole comp. Didn't really score many many tries despite that speed. So he, he could be a player this year who has some upside. You could back him in some try scoring, first try scoring, because he's, cause he wouldn't be screwed down in the market because he didn't get a whole heap last year. Um, but with that speed, you know, he could be a, a, a breakout sort of potential player this year. But big range of outcomes, but not overly excited for Manly's uh, consistency over the year. Yeah, I thought their right edge could turn into you know, quite a dangerous edge if they get firing. Uh, Olakawatu, yeah, Olakawatu, that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, and, um, yep. and Kula. Uh, if they uh, yeah, if they hit their straps, I, don't, I can't remember who's the right winger. Is it Saab or Garrick? I, I think can't. He's, he's uh he's uh, Garrick on the left. Saab's out, I think, for the early part of the year. So it must be might be Christian two Polotu. Right. Okay. Pull up below average. But yeah, that could turn into quite a dangerous edge, especially if you know you got TT in behind them and he's fit and, and firing. So yeah, yeah, another another team. I think uh, big swing. I've got I've got the Raiders down, who we'll talk about here next, as a huge. I just like they're the one team I cannot get a read on at all. I just they are the most inconsistent side. I've consistently lost money on them every time I bet on them the last two years because I always bet on them when they have a shocker. And uh, I always fade them when they seem to be back in form. I just have no, I have no read on them at all, mate. So you're gonna have to help me out here. I'm, I'm probably the opposite here on Canberra because they have a really stable squad. Uh, they lost Adam Elliott, and that's like basically the only player who was in their starting seventeen at the end of last year who's gone. Didn't really bring anyone in. I think they remain what they were last year. Some a team that sits there between seventh and eleventh. I think they're much more narrower band because it's such a stable team. I don't imagine uh, too many changes um, throughout the year. They're not they're not a particularly old team, so I wouldn't expect them to fall off the map. Uh, the back half of last year was really good. They played quite well at the back end of last year. They lacked really any real superstars, apart from maybe Jack White and Hudson Young was great last year, but they. They do lack that real elite level player to take them top four premiership. Um, so I think they, they remain in that sort of seventh to 11th um, sort of yeah. band. I really like Xavier Savage, the fullback. Got a whole heap of pace. I'm not sure that Ricky Stewart really trusts him. He could be a breakout, breakout player. He's fun to watch. Um, you know, if, if, if Ricky would trust him and you know, give him some, some greater responsibility. But I think they've got a, a narrower, narrower range of outcomes because it's such a stable squad. I think they're fairly okay. known identities. We know what Ricky Stewart is. He likes to complain to the media. Doesn't, doesn't win much. <laughs> and um, also, not, also not terrible. Yeah, Savage is out for the first, I think, six to eight weeks. Or maybe I'm thinking of another player. He's out for at least yeah. a decent a couple of weeks at the start of the season. And um I don't know who they're going with at nine. Do we have any like confer? Is it Levi or Wolford or I don't know? I, if I, been I don't know. Probably starting with uh, Wolford and yeah. then mixing him in with um, Tom Starling. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, they could be. You just never know. I mean, like Papali'i, he's only getting older, so it's hard to you know see him being anywhere close to what he's used to being. Tapani's obviously amazing yeah. if he continues. Yeah, so that's it's right. like. Yeah, there's um 
yeah, I, I just really struggle. I just, I think it's Ricky. I just, I just don't really see him as the Ricky Stewart of old. And mm-hmm. I, I think he's the kind of coach where once you know the players fall out of favour with him, it could really go could go bad. But it kind of is like kind of happened recently. It's kind of not like they recovered pretty well at the end of last year. So I'm just. Yeah, I'm very confused as to what to make of them, but we'll move on. <laughs> um, Brisbane Broncos, mate. Um, Walsh coming in, which is huge, I think. Uh, I think they got, I guess, their biggest issue is probably around the hooker hooker um, position. No one really knows who's going to play, and the options aren't even that great anyway. Potential to be a, an amazing forward pack if they all get, get going. Um, but then there's also just... I don't know if you want to call it drama, but there's just so much weird shit going on with Kevin Walters. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like all the they're like players are coming out and saying he can't coach, but yeah, he's t- a good yeah, player. That's kind bad. Of it's like what is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, Brisbane's a pretty stable squad. We'll, we'll see a fairly similar squad to, team to last year. Bar Reese Walsh, that's the big in. I think Reese Walsh has potential to be a top three player in the game at some point. Mm-hmm. He could win. He could win Player of the Year, but He's got a lot of errors in his game. You know, lots of dumb passes, drops the ball, runs over the sideline. He's got to cut down on the error rate to to, to, to make that leap. If he does, you know, he'll be great. And he's, he's great to watch. But the error rate for him is really high uh, and he needs to pull that down. But a stack of stack of potential, lots of try scorers in the, in the outside backs with Walsh, uh, Corey Oates, uh, Tony Stagg, Selwyn Cobbo on the other wing. So young players. Speedy, powerful try scorers. Um, you know, if they if Ezra Mam and and, and uh, Reynolds can harness that, yeah, they could be a fun team to, to watch. They could score a lot of points. Uh, guns in the forward pack in Payne Haas, uh, Patrick Carrigan. Stick with Patrick Carrigan with your your fantasy. He's going to be a great player all year long. Yeah. Such a high work rate. Young. He's not he's not about to go backwards anytime soon. Um, but yeah, they certainly have top eight potential. Uh, Kevin Walters is a concern. It is bad that the players actually bagging out your own coach. He has had a a desire to chop and change his players quite a lot in his couple of years there. Like he hasn't he hasn't hasn't kept con- continuity in the team one, one week to the next. Look at the team list each week. Each week he's dropping players coming in, dropping players coming in. Um, I'd like to see him pick and stick a little bit more. Um, if if he did that, then I'll, I would see some more potential. But they're they're one of the teams who will be yeah fifth to tenth chance for the eight. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and it, it'd be interesting to see how good the Broncos would be on if they had a, you know, we don't really know much about Kevy Walters, but let's just say he's kind of like an average coach. If they had a very good coach come in, it'd be interesting to see how far they could go because they have the bones to to you know, maybe their spine isn't elite, but like outside of that, they've got they've got plenty of potential all around the yep. park. Do you have any opinions on the hooker, mate? I. I've heard um, Moses been playing really well in in the trials and stuff. Like potentially that you know, if if um, if Walters or Pakes aren't killing it, that potentially he could come in and, and solve a lot of their issues. Do you have any opinions there? It's a, it, that's a tricky one because his starting hooker is his son. So <laughs> uh, you know how much how much does he want to change him? Even if he isn't the best, I don't mind Billy Walters provides some speed out of dummy half. In previous years, Walters had liked to change his halves a lot around. Like last year, year before, he had like six or seven halves, five and eights. 
Um, he changed around. This year it might be the hooker position because they might have up to four hookers. I think they have four hookers in their squad, so he might like changing that around. He, I mean, he did last year, you know, have Billy Walters start in one game and the next game he did put him off the bench. So I guess he's okay with uh, uh, taking his son out of the team. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say they have any real take on which one they're going to go. I haven't, I haven't really seen Mozza play. Tyson Smoothie, probably yeah. not. Um, but I, I imagine they'll chop and change it, which is, again, not great from the, the guy who's touching the ball the most in your team. Yeah, it seems like on the surface they've got like four below NRL, well not below NRL standard, <laughs> yeah. but below av- NRL average hooker, I would say. And yeah, like, true. could you just get rid of like three of them and just get one really good one? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, um, yeah, we'll see how they go, mate. Um, I think this is your team, mate, the Parramatta Eels. They are. Yeah, coming off a heartbreaking loss last year in the grand final, but they did pretty well to get there. I think, and I think you think the same, that um, just to eliminate any bias on your side, I do also think that the Eels are being underrated by the market here. It's it's a bit of a weird one for me. I can only really, I kind of see them getting better potentially. What do you think? Yeah, Paramount is probably the team that's lost the most quality out of their team, uh, out of all mm. the, the 17 teams. You know, they've lost Papali, Niakore, uh, Marnie. That's, that's three starters uh, they've lost. Um, and they're going to be thin, certainly to start the year, uh, in the back row, Madison out because he didn't want to play a fine. Uh, Sean, Lane's now, Sean Lane's now done his jaw, so he's going to oh, be really? out for a while. But Papali is obviously at, at West now, so they're going to start with a whole new back row. But the flip side to that is, you know, the, they've kept Moses, they've kept Dylan Brown, they've kept Gutherson, like their, their, their core players are still there. Marnie, uh, Paulo, Campbell, Gillard, still there. The ones who play the big minutes, the big roles in the team, they're captains. Uh, as you said, they were the grand final last year. You don't normally see a massive regression from a grand finalist, even a, a, a beaten grand finalist. It usually does give you the, the confidence to stay up there. Uh, losing Reed Marnie is, is an issue with... Uh, you got Josh Hodgson instead this year. Obviously, Josh Hodgson has been a great player in the past. He's reached higher highs than Reed Marnie has. Um, but you would imagine at this point in their, their careers, that's a that's a little bit of a downgrade to Hodgson and also coming off an ACL at 34. Um, so, so, so that could be an issue. But um, other than that, you know, it's a reasonably settled squad bar the back row. I, I, I imagine that they, they finished the yeah, in that three to six uh, sort of range. I had them rated uh, 14s. I think there's some 18s out there on bet there. Uh, I think they are. I think they are backable. Certainly concerned with, with the amount of losses in them, but just uh, yeah. just talking price here. I, I think there's enough value uh, to back them. Could start yeah. very slow. They have a very a very hard start, missing the back rowers. They play uh, I think the Roosters twice, Cronulla, Penrith, and Melbourne in five of their first six games. Um, so they're playing like the top four, top four teams in their, in, their, in their first six and short back rowers. So they might even get out to a better price after six rounds. They might be thirties, uh, and, yeah. and then they might start coming in again. Well, what are your thoughts on the bench? Because I was looking at potential spots for the bench, especially if uh, if Maddo and Lane are going to miss the first few games of the season. Do you have any worries there? Because they look, it looks like a pretty inexperienced bench. Yeah, it's it's going to be a pretty thin bench. Uh, everyone. Probably knows that Jake Arthur's probably going to be on the bench. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, which you know, on merits probably shouldn't be there. Um, and and missing those back rowers. Now we've got you know the likes of uh, Hopgood, Mer- Murchie, Dory starting, whereas they would have normally have probably been off the bench. 
So, yeah, they're going to be thin. Uh, Campbell, Gillard and Paulo tend to play above average minute props. So they're going to play more minutes than most props. We're up in the, the 50 minutes. Sometimes Campbell, Gillard goes 55 minutes. So uh, the backup props won't have to play as long, Makatoa. Uh, but yes, yeah, so they are a little, they are a little thin, thin in the uh, in the bench. Yeah, and I think the outside backs have got a few injuries too at the start of the season. So maybe, um, like you said, could be a good team to back a couple of rounds in or a bit later. Yeah, might, yeah that might be best way. Yeah, it could be best way to them. Yeah. All right, mate. We'll move on to the big surprise packets from last season: North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, yeah, another. I find this team really hard to see how they go, just because, like, basically all of their players played their career best season last last year. So it's like, are they all of a sudden all those players like top NRL players now, or did they just like out of nowhere just have an amazing season? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, last year they were around fourteenth or fifteenth. In the betting at the start of the year, so they were last year. They were the big improver. Um, yeah, if if we were doing this thing last year, I, I would have said go nowhere near the Cowboys. Can't win it. Don't like them. And I think this is maybe a good lesson in how you need to be uh, malleable with your betting. You need to be willing to change opinions. Started last year, I hated the Cowboys. Didn't want anything to do with them. And then about either the second or third round into the, into the season. And I was watching the defence and they, they changed their defensive structure. Their line speed was so, so much improved from previous years. And then I just completely changed my rating on them. You know, from having them 15th, you know, I'll, I pushed them up to like third or fourth after only like two or three weeks. So, and then I started betting the Cowboys a lot early in the season and ended up making a lot of money back in the Cowboys before the market had adjusted. Despite the fact three weeks earlier, I hated them. I didn't want anything to do with them. <laughs> but it's just... An, uh, an exercise in how you need to be able to be willing to change. You, you don't just stick to what your opinion is at the start. Like I've said, I hate St. George, but if all of a sudden they look like well Peters after a couple of rounds, then maybe I'll change my opinion on them. Uh, but you're you're right about a, a lot of their players having you know career best seasons. I think uh, someone like Jeremiah Nanai, from a fantasy perspective, I'd be going nowhere near him. He scored talented, really talented. He scored so many tries off kicks last year as a back rower. It's not really a, a repeatable way of, of, of getting stats. It's not like he's Alex Johnson and he's got uh, Cody Walker just passing in the ball all game. And we can predict that that's going to happen and he can keep up that level of production. Uh, I don't imagine Nana is going to be able to score whatever he scored, 16 or 17 tries last year as a back row catching bombs. It's, just, it's so hard to repeat. And there was a few other players, you know, to mention coming off career years. Um, other ones, like say Ruben Cotter, who's just a high work rate, high energy player, he can keep up that level of production and he mm. can maintain uh, being a really high end uh, player. Uh, in general, in general, like Todd Payton certainly improved them. Right? You know, I think he is a good coach. I would, you know, in a youngish career, I would have him as an above average coach, uh, particularly from what I saw on the defensive side. And I think, you know, often the, the coach can have more of an impact on defense. You know, I like to see a team who gets up off the line. Um, and really works as a unit in, in defence. You know, other teams don't do that. The, Cow- the Cowboys really did, and that that can be repeatable. Um, whether they have enough improvement in them is, yeah, how they're going to play that much better. And they actually have a bit of an they actually have a bit of an uh, an older squad. Um, you know, Felt, Hiku, Townsend, Tano, Granville, McLean. They have got a bunch of players in their top seventeen who are over thirty. Um, 
So they do have the potential to sort of fall off a cliff. Um, but good coach, stable squad. I don't really imagine them missing the eight. Strong home ground advantage in Townsville. Yeah. Um, they'll, still, they'll still win plenty of games. I'm not looking to back them to win the comp. Um, but, yeah, a, a team in the third to third to seventh in that sort of region. Yeah. Yeah, I think you got that about right, mate. Uh, the Sharkies, the Cronulla Sharks. Um, second year under Fitzgibbon. Um, yeah, it's 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 I guess kind of similar to the Cowboys. Maybe I'm a I'm a little bit higher maybe on the Sharks just probably because they got a few more quality players in there, like high end kind of players. Nico Hines oh seems like he's taking his game. He just keeps improving and improving. Um, the only reason I probably have them maybe a little lower than some of the top sides is the the one and six Kennedy and Moylan seem like just a decent decent ish level below mm-hmm. you know your Storms Roosters Panthers kind of sure uh, yeah the Sharks the Sharks probably had the had the softest draw I've ever seen last year like <laughs> solid team but good team but maybe one of the worst teams I've ever seen who finished second. Uh, hence why they went out in straight sets. They just they had the softest draw all year. All the good teams last year, they played them off origin or when they had like six players injured and they got to mm. play like most of the bad teams twice. That said, they have the most stable team in the comp. Um, virtually lost no one out of their top 17. You know, Tolman and Andrew Fafita retired, but they were you know, only on the fringe of the top 17 anyway. So they're going to return the same team. Um, when he comes second... Return the same team. You're not old. You still got a team of of youth. It's just hard to see you going backwards too far. And this one's going to sound a little bit strange, but Sharks a dollar forty two to make the top eight. People not really too excited about backing dollar forty two shots, particularly not as futures. You got to wait seven months to get your money back. But if you were, if you were doing you know people were like a multi, and you want to put it into someone to make the top eight in the in the AFL, someone in the F one. You know, this is I've got like eighty five percent chance of making the eight. Dollar forty two. Dollar forty two is actually surprisingly big value on a team yeah. like this. They're just not going to go backwards. Not far. Not far enough to slide out of the eight. Uh, you know, Fitzgibbon second year in charge. They'll stay uh, a competitive team. St- yeah, step below the quality as you as you mentioned. Step below the quality of players of the Roosters, Storm, uh, Penrith. But they'll start, they'll, they'll remain a quality team. Yeah, I agree with that, mate. I think they could be a team that I think they'll get better, but I think they could potentially finish like four places worse than last year, which is so yeah, weird to definitely say. Definitely see that. Yeah, definitely see <laughs> um, that, but they're staying, they'll stay in the top eight. Yeah, yeah, you would think so, mate. Um, all right, South Sydney, Rabbitohs. Um, yeah, I, I mean, maybe I, this is probably the highest maybe I've ever been on the Rabbitohs in recent seasons going into. I mean, yeah. just because Latrell looks so amazing at the end of last year. Ilias a second year, but then you've got second year syndrome. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of it's probably down to if Ilias gets better and also if Cook can maybe just not hit the wall completely, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he certainly dropped the cog last year uh, and lost his lost his starting job for New South Wales Origin Cook. Didn't quite have as many scoots and the speed um, out of Donny Half as we as we're used to. They're going to be the same. A uh, bit of a broken record here over the last few teams: South Canberra, Cronulla, Brisbane. Not many changes. They're going to play the same style. Everything's going to run through Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell. Uh, Lachlan Elias, I think, might be like more one of the more nondescript number sevens in the comp, like. 
out of the spine. You've got Latrell, Cody Walker, Damian Cook. You know, he's the fourth wheel by a long way, uh, Lachlan Ilias. Everything runs through through Walker and Latrell and Cook. Um, so whether he has maybe the the opportunity to improve um, too much, yeah, I'm questionable about. Um, I'm not super high on, this, on South, but I, uh, I've got them rated 18s and then more like 13s in the market, 10. So I, I wouldn't be looking to back um, South because, because, because it's been the same team for quite a while. Uh, it's the same major players, and they haven't won, even though they've been to a few preliminary finals. I'm not sure that they're going to make that uh, next big jump. Lachlan Ellis is probably a player I'd look, I'd look to avoid in fantasy. Okay. His role's not huge. Um, I'd stick with Cameron Murray. I think he's a phenomenal player, and I think he's even still got some improvement in him. As good yeah. as he is, I think he can still get better. Um, and he's involved in everything, all, all facets of the game, big work rate in defence, lots of metres, and then he's also involved, you know, he scores tries from close range off short passes from Cook and Walker, um, will pass, pass the ball himself for try assists. You know, he's just involved in everything. I love watching Cameron Cameron Murray play. Uh, such such heart. I'd stick with him, you know, you know, in any sort of fantasy format. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a play you can, like, often forget about because he doesn't have a 1, 6, 7 or 9 on his back. Yeah, but, right. like, you can have Lachlan, Lachlan Ilias and maybe a fading Damian Cook if you've got Cameron Murray fit and firing. So um, I think uh, in terms of injury, wasn't he like the biggest like issue for them last year in terms of staying fit, like the biggest impact yeah. on the side overall? Maybe maybe like similar to Latrell, but still like, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Crazy. Yeah, I think he had a few games where he you know, had a concussion, like, you know, you know, opening minutes of a game and missed, missed nearly full game or a couple of games. But once Latrell came back in that last eight to ten weeks of the season, you're right, they were phenomenal. Once he was back in the team, so yeah, he's yeah. certainly a talisman for them. A bit like Tom Trebojevic, not quite to the same level, but but similar. Yeah. All right, mate. We're into the I guess single figures here in terms of the last three. Uh, we'll kick things off with the Melbourne Storm. Uh, big thing is probably Pappy or Pappenhausen. He's uh, he's going to be out. He could be out for a long time. It's it doesn't sound like the word does not sound good on him. It was yeah. almost like I, th- I heard eight weeks, but I also heard like he's coming back whenever he feels like it, kind of like whenever he's actually <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Because it's a I mean pretty significant injury. Um, yep. And I'd be also worried about them if their forward pack got a few injuries. They look pretty light on in terms of you know the squad and the forwards, but. Um, yeah, thoughts on the storm. Even though, if you put Pappenhausen back in the team, I think they've got the best spine in the comp, probably by a decent bit. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that's the best. That's the best spine in the comp. Pappenhausen, Munster, Hughes. I'm a massive fan of Harry Grant. Yeah. Um, that's a phenomenal team, and I think when you've got that spine and Craig Bellamy, you can win the comp regardless of the other players. That they become role players in your team. Craig Bellamy gets them to play the role while the other four do the heavy lifting. Um, I have them closer to sixes in the market. Um, there's eight fifty, even pushing nines on bet for I think at the moment. Um, they might start slower. They could be like a Parramatta, as you said, Pappenhausen out. I think Justin Olam's out, so a little bit thinner in the outside backs to start the season. They they could get to a bigger price um, because of the injuries they have to start the to start the season. And they had a lot of injuries last year. You know, we can forget you know how dominant Melbourne has been over the last fifteen years after they sort of really fell away at the back end of last year. Um, with a lot of injuries, but you can't not be a high quality team with, with that sort of spine. I, I have Harry Grant as the best, the best hooker in the comp. 
you know, Cameron Munster would have him as the best six in the comp. Um, and, you know, Jerome Hughes and, and Pappenhausen are probably, you know, third or fourth at, at, at yeah. their position in the comp. Yeah, that's, how, that's how good that team is. Um, obviously, they lost uh, several of those forwards, Bromwich, Bromwich, Kafusi. Um, but they were also, you know, they were also you know, getting to the tail end of their careers. Um, you know, they've got Tarek Sims is probably, you know, a similar tail end of his career sort of player. Ellie Katoa from the Warriors showed a lot of potential, never didn't capitalise on it at the Warriors, but showed some potential. So he's the sort of player you could see having a breakout under Craig Bellamy. You know, just, just you know, getting a run off Munster and Hughes. Um, he's, he's a player who I could see having a, you know, a Jeremiah, Jeremiah Nanai type season and scoring 10 plus tries. Okay. Uh, in in the back row, um, but I, I, I I'm I'm not a, I'm not signing the death warrant on the Melbourne Storm. Um, oh, decade long dominance just yet, and and I think they I think they're worth a play um, to win the comp. The spine's too good. They still got the best yeah. coach in the comp, competition. Maybe they start slower, but you know if you if you're looking at betting for the comp, we, we we want to find the best team at the end of the year, not the start of the year. So yeah. and they and they have that ceiling to be the best best team at the end of the year. Yeah, uh, potentially a few issues. I think if uh, like a Welsh, uh, uh, Nelson herself, or Solomona, one of them went down, like kind of happened last year, that could mm-hmm. be an issue. But because they're such, you know, you know, <laughs> they're awesome props. Whereas, like, I don't know who else they would have backing them up, but I feel like it's quite a steep drop off if one of them went down. It certainly is after, yeah, after Nelson. So for Solomona, you know, such a dominant player, a try scoring prop, which is a, a, a rare thing to say. Um, you know, and he's like a bit like a kick out where you know he can really get out there and hurt you and, and have a player resting for a set because he's too big and he's just hammered you. Um, but you're right, the, the the depth isn't quite there like it has in mm. previous years. Yeah. Um, All right. From, from a betting angle, just a, just a quick one on Xavier, Xavier Coates. You know, he, he played Origin, played for Brisbane. Honestly, one of the worst defensive wingers in the con. <laughs> Whoever he's marking that week, look, look to back them to score a try. Because Xavier Coates is just constantly found out of position. Slow to turn and chase. He'll score a bunch of tries himself, so nobody will notice how quite how bad he has, is as a defender. Um, but he's pretty poor. So you can back against uh, his opposite number. Yeah, all right. Nice one. Uh, Sydney Roosters, mate. They are second favourites here. Um, probably, I would say, the the biggest swing for them will be if Brendan Smith is good enough, like I feel like if he fires, they'll probably win the premiership. If he doesn't, they probably won't. What do you think about yes. that? Yeah, love watching Brandon Smith play. Yeah, probably the highest energy player in the whole competition. Hooker of the year two years ago. Um, more running meters than any other hooker is going to be. I don't know that he has the best service out of dummy half for, yeah. for a non, particularly as a, as a hooker who actually won hooker of the year only two years ago. Um, you know, a lot of his attributes are his speed and darts out of dummy half. Absolute superstars packed in this back line. Tedesco, Joseph Mano is my favourite player to watch in the game. <laughs> Does absolutely everything at an elite level, whether he's running, passing, following up, flick balls, steps, fends, everything. Everything is at an absolute peak level. Um, I, I had him as like maybe the, the top three players of the competition last year. Love to watch him play. Sui Ali, you know, really started to pay dividends in the back half of last year, or the height from when he was a 16, 17-year-old when, uh, when the Roosters were trying to sign him. He, he ain't going backwards. He can jump out of a, yeah, he can jump over a house. He's, he's got some pogo sticks, those legs. You know, they've got Sui Ali on the right wing and uh, Tupo on the left wing. Expect a lot of bombs to uh, two wingers. 
you know, and Sam Walker's a pretty accurate kicker. I imagine they're going to score plenty um, through that. My only concern on the Roosters is they've been at the top for quite a long period of time. A lot of the cause is the same. Tedesco, Manu, Kiri, Weira, Hargraves. Just if you have quite the same desire, you know, these guys have won premierships. They've been up there a long time. That's my only concern on them. I love Trent mm. Robertson as a coach too. He, he's, yeah, I would have him like the second best coach behind Bellamy. Um, I, I have him a smidge behind Melbourne, but absolutely can win. Yeah, I would say their desire is surely still there just because they, the last two seasons have been well below par. Like, I mean, I know the season before was riddled with injury, and then mm. last season was, I was a knocked out first round against the Rabbits, first round or second, first round, I think, um, of the finals. I think yeah. it was, yeah. Yeah, I think so, I think they'll be, uh, I don't know, that, that just seems like well below par for what they'd expect. So, yeah, potentially be fired up again, mate. Uh, last but not least, the Penrith Panthers, the reigning premiers back-to-back. Um, I guess biggest question for them, similar to the Roosters, how, like, how, what's going to go on with at Hooker? Like, how big of an impact is that going to have? Like, how how big a loss is at the Coruscant? And also you add in, uh, in kick-out into that too. Yeah, certainly. Um, they, but they still just remain the best team in the comp. They lost, uh, you know, the previous year they lost Matt Burton. It made no difference to them. Uh, this year they lost Kickout, lost Coruscant, high-end players. It doesn't actually have to make any difference. They can still remain the top team and the most dominant team. Their line speed is the best by none in the comp, uh, and that's typically led by uh, Liam Martin, Mitch Kenny, and uh, Fisher-Harris. That You know, those are the leaders of the pack and the speed and the line speed and the and the power with which they hit in defence, and they're all still there. So, you know, from a system point of view, that can all remain exactly the same. I, I, I haven't 375, so I think having the smidge of value um, at the top of the comp. Um, yeah, they'll probably rotate a little bit there at Hooker, but, you know, Mitch, Mitch Kenny's a phenomenal defender. He's not He doesn't have the attacking nows of uh, Api Corosau, but he's probably a better defender. Um, but it, it, it's a downgrade. Obviously, kickouts, you know, you can't not lose uh, Billy Kickout and not say you, you haven't dropped a cog. But look, you've got Dylan Edwards there. You've got Nathan Cleary pulling the strings. Liam Martin, Fisher Harris. I, I don't imagine they drop any more than third. I'd still tip them for first, but yeah. I don't imagine they drop drop any more than third just because of the system is so good. And another thing, with, you know, with Penrith, they are winning everything in the juniors. 15, uh, Harold Matz, SG Ball, under 20s. Uh, reserve grade, they were winning everything. So I imagine there's a couple of really good players in their in their team who are at the back end of their top 30, the guys who are 28, 29, 30 in the squad that we don't really know anything about. I'm, I'm tipping that like they're, they're going to be some good players. Just like last year, we had Talon May and Isaac Tago start the year, unknowns, and they were, and they were studs. You know, They've got this huge nursery who's yeah. winning everything in juniors. They'll have some more players to come through and take those holes that uh, you know, Kikau and Marnie are leaving. Yeah, I don't know. Taylor May's out for the season, I'm pretty sure. But well, yeah, yeah, he's out. Is it Taruva? Taruva comes in probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, the, uh, and it's yeah, like, well, how much do they lose? You know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, yeah, they had huge reps on him last year. He had, gave his little bite of first grade a few games here and there. Played Fiji at the World Cup and looked very good. Yeah, so, yeah probably no, comes in, steps in. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I know people were pretty down on their performance against St. Helens the other day. I guess that's probably maybe people overreacting a little bit because it is like, you know, if you're Ivan Cleary, I'm probably, 
I mean, you obviously want to win that game, but with the season around the corner, like I'm not going to make sure that my team's in peak performance for a game versus St. Helens two yeah, weeks before right. the season starts. I probably don't even want them to be at peak performance for round one, if you know what I mean. So um, they could be slow starters, you know, just getting adjusted to to the hooker situation and, you know, missing kick out to a few new players coming in. But, yeah, I agree with you, mate. They're still... They're still just an unbelievable system. Yeah, yeah, that's right. For sure. That's right. Um, you could add into that too, similar to said the Roosters, though, that how much do they want it? You know, it's been two years in a row. They kind of broke because it's always been like the big thing, like can you back go back to back? It hadn't been done in a yeah. long time. So maybe they slack off a little bit now. Who knows? It doesn't seem like it. It seems like they really love their footy and having fun with it all. So. Yeah, yeah. They have, they have the intensity. They have the players with the intensity with with Martin and Fisher Harris in particular. That's why I don't necessarily see them not having uh, that that high end desire potentially like the Roosters because they have those players who just want to get up every single time off the defensive line and smack them. That's their mm-hmm. style of play and that's their structure. Uh, that's why I don't think uh, I can't imagine them falling off the perch. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, let's uh, let's look at the betting markets now. We've gone through seventeen teams. Well done, mate. You uh, you put in quite the shift there. We'll uh, we'll start with the with the winner, mate. You've uh, you highlighted a few teams that you like, but I'll just get up the the uh, odds checker here. I know, unfortunately, for the Aussies watching, there's not many books here that you can use in Australia. But yeah, do you want to just go over which ones you're liking just for the outright winner market? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Obviously, that doesn't matter too much what there's on the screen because most bookmakers around the world are yeah. the same. The same price if you're watching this in in, in Australia, New Zealand, they're going to be pretty similar. The, the teams that I like is Melbourne at eight fifty. I've got them as some value. Uh, Parramatta, I had them rated at fourteens and eighteen dollars. That's fifteen on, on the screen, but they're eighteen fifty on Betfair at the moment. Um, and a smidge of value top sport, I think it's four twenty on uh, Penrith. So those are the three teams. I'm very much top end of the market steer clear of the ones at the long end. Whilst they can improve, the improvement to go from 15th to make the eight is not like to actually win the comp. Like, like say, West at the moment are around the 50s mark. They could make the eight, finish seventh or eight. The start of the final series, they'll still be 50 to one to actually win the comp. I don't, don't see any value in backing that now. Yeah. All right, nice, mate. Um, oh, I might as well throw in a bet for myself. I do. I like the Parramatta Eels. I think what it was eighteens. You said. I think that's. Uh, yeah. I think that's quite nice. I do think the Storm are value too, but just have a bit more fun. I'll throw in the Parramatta Eels there. Um, top eight, mate. I'll get the odds up for you quickly. But I think you like two teams here to make the top eight. Yeah, I like the the Sharks. Sharks are around one forty four. Don't be oh, fooled. Sorry, yep. that, that, don't be fooled to thinking that's too short. That's a value play, and it's a great yeah. thing if you want to put that in a multi. You're just going to add forty percent to whatever else, you, whatever else you're backing. Uh, lock them in, and the Smokies Wests around the four fifty-ish mark, and uh, Newcastle around sixties. Uh, I think they have the potential to finish in that sixth, seventh, eighth position. Probably not much higher than that, but they have potential to get there. Yeah, I think there's a few here too. I mean, you could even I, I said this to you before, uh, you know, before we got on was that. I feel like there's a pretty clear gap. I would say that, but maybe the top seven sides like Parramatta, Sharks, I'll Rabbits, stop at six. Cowboys. I'll stop at one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh yeah, no, seven, seven teams. Yeah, and then, it, yeah. and then a big gap after that. I feel like that's that seven is like I'm never gonna say a sure thing to make the eight, but I feel like they're at least all 
below 1.5 to, to make the eight. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, Parramatta at 173 at Bet365, I think to make the top eight, I mean, they've made the top eight the last how many years in a row? Um, that's, that's that's a huge price, 173. I think I have yeah. a range closer to 145, so that's a huge price. Exactly. Uh, sharks, like you said, are great. Even the bunnies are just worrying me. I don't know. I, I'd say still the bunnies at 1.4. The only team that I'd probably just be like, no, probably not, would be the Cowboys just because they all were unbelievable last year and I feel like they could potentially just all yeah, drop I'm off. Yeah, I'm in Stats and the Cowboys. Stats and the Cowboys are probably more fair prices. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think yeah, like you said, Sharks and like I said, the Eels. I think they're uh, they're solid, mate. Let's uh, and then for least wins, or oh, let me, what have we got? Wooden Spooners. Let me see. Yeah, it's called different across different bookmakers. Least wins, most losses. Some yeah. of them might still call it the Wooden Spoon. I mean, this is uh, so that's yeah, why not saying, everyone bookmakers but... listed there because they all listed, they call it something different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, we both mentioned that. Uh, I think the Dolphins are a bit too short here, and I'd I'd be uh, leaning. I think myself, if I was having a bet, probably the Warriors. But you like the Dragons too, right? Yeah, I like the Warriors and the Dragons. So yeah, we're both around around that right now in that bottom end of the market. I'm not really looking to back any long shots uh, to lose everything. Yes, St George around that 750. I think is very good value, and a smidge of value the Warriors. There are some eights around. On the Warriors and the, the the Dolphins probably will get it, but they're they're screwed down the price already. Yeah, all right, mate. I'm just happy you didn't mention the the Titans, mate. You would have had me. Uh, you would have had me. <laughs> I'm no rap on the Titans, so they could get there too. <laughs> I forgot to throw in the Titans for my top four bet too. Bloody hell! <laughs> uh. Um. All right, mate. In in summary, is there is there anything you wanted to kind of yeah summarize at all? Um. I think I think one thing I picked up from you just throughout the whole show was kind of it seemed like you really factor in stability into into your pricing. Like I would I would say that uh, the general I guess theme around when a te- when a, a team is you know when you when we're looking at who's going to win the comp or the top eight this kind of thing, it, it people maybe ignore the stability around a team. I feel like it's all everyone's talking about. Who have they signed? Who have they lost? Yep. And basing their opinions just off that, then you never really hear anyone in like the general media saying um, they've got the exact same team as last year. So I think they'll get better. Yeah, well, I like the stability on the teams who are all, who are already good. Um, you know, like the Sharks, the Cowboys. You, you're going to be able to expect the same sort of thing, which was good football and finishing up the top of the table. Um, and I like those. I like backing those sorts of teams early in the year because they're they're not having to try and figure out combinations. It's the same thing. We have the same coach. We have the same structure. You know, those early rounds. Those are the teams I like backing, and I like ignoring the teams who have had a lot of changes. The Dolphins, who are obviously a brand new squad. Uh, Titans, Newcastle, uh, West Canterbury. Those teams who have had a lot of changes. You know, that can take a period of time before they're actually as good as they look on paper. Um, Canterbury had a lot of new players last year when they started the season, like one and eight or something. Uh, you know, because you got to adjust. You got to adjust to having all these new players in the team. You, you don't normally come out firing straight away when you're a new squad. So you know, that's a that's something that our opponents can look to is the stable teams early in the year and, and avoid those new uh, yeah. those sexy teams that are written up in the media, like Canterbury and, and West with the new players. Because that usually takes some time to gel. 
Yeah. Have you had any round one bets yet, or are you? Uh, I, I haven't. I tend to, I tend to wait until I see the the lineups uh, come out on Tuesday before I have any uh, any week one bets. Yeah. All right, mate. Too easy. Uh, well, I think that uh, that finishes up, mate. Any any last words on the season? Uh, no, I think we've covered it pretty well. Like, there's be malleable is probably one of my things. Uh, don't yeah. just stick on. I hate when somebody says they get they get beaten that week. They lost they lost their bet. That's it. I never back on the Warriors again. Hate them. Never back them. Never again. That's not the right way to go about uh, gambling. I can easily back a team that lost by sixty one week and look to back them the following week. You know, if everyone's saying that, they usually they, they can often be underrated. You you've got to be ready to change your opinions. Um, and be you know less emotional um, when you're betting, and, and don't yeah, don't stick to that same opinion the whole year. Mm. Yeah, that would be one I of like my that. yeah one of my tips for for anyone looking to improve their gambling. Yeah, I, I think that's just a, ge- a general lesson across the board, isn't it? Like if uh, yeah. if any team loses by sixty the next week, they're probably the value side, which sounds bloody odd to say, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. um but yeah mate thanks so much for coming on i really enjoyed uh picking your brain ahead of the season and i'm sure uh all the listeners got something out of that if you are interested in the nrl if you guys did like it uh reach out to me or chris on twitter or wherever you can get a hold of us and let us know because potentially we could do a week to week or any just any kind of content throughout the season we'd be keen to do just uh depends if there's a a demand for it and we can uh we can get into it but um overall thanks everyone for listening if this is your first time on the podcast please make sure you do a quick rate and review of the podcast and subscribe to us wherever you're listening give it a like on youtube that always helps um and get involved but uh yeah chris mate thanks so much for, for coming on i really enjoyed talking a bit of footy and um if i don't see you before the uh before round one mate enjoy the start to the season no worries. Thanks for having me on, uh, Alex. Anyone follow me on Twitter? I'm Debom82. Hit me up in the DMs. Any questions, gambling related, want to get better, rugby league questions, happy to answer them. Yeah, sorry, man. I should have shouted out your Twitter handle. I forgot it was <laughs> such a good one, too. I'm yeah, it's such a good one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I uh, love it, mate. I'll throw it. Um, I'll throw it in the description too for people who uh, don't know how to spell I'm Debom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Catch you later.